0: Welcome to episode eight of Justifying the F Word.
1: Welcome, guys. Remember, Justifying the F Word stands for your 40s and 50s.
0: I thought it was freedom, finagle, fish, Fortnite, figgy pudding. <laughs>
1: I mean what, what does this stand for? yeah it stands your, for a lot of things forties and fifties
0: and living your best life at that well, uh, this week, as in the whole month of December, is absol- was absolutely insane,
1: yeah, well, we haven't had the full month, like we're just like <laughs> five know, days it, into
0: the month, but it feels like it's been an entire yeah,
1: I month. feel like this last week was like we fit a year into a week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was it was it was bordering on the uh on the stupid.
1: Okay, so if you have not had children, if you have children then this might not help you. But some unsolicited advice. If you have not had kids wait, yet. Wait, wait, wait.
0: I but, want everybody to really listen and maybe maybe get something out to write this down.
1: Write this down. <laughs>
0: this is some of the scribble it down. This may be some of the best advice you'll ever get in your yes. entire life. Yes.
1: Yes. You know, they might actually ask me to come speak in schools about this one.
0: I I think this could be a youth intervention program.
1: Okay, so unsolicited advice is if you have not had kids yet, or if you're having more kids, if you're in that situation, stay abstinent in the month of March.
0: That means no unsolicited back rubs. Yeah. That means no, hey, I'm going to turn down the lights and turn on a little Kanye. Yeah.
1: Like I feel like if you travel for work, maybe just cross that month out and be like, we're good. We're we're good. <laughs> we're just staying. Okay. So the reason why I say this why, is.
0: Why one should abstain from the hibbity.
1: Yes. So we have um, two of our three kids, their birthdays are in December.
0: And 10 days apart.
1: Yes, and we love it, and I love birthdays. I love to make them huge, so part of it is totally self created
0: but you throw you throw birthdays, dance recitals, company parties, get together, all of that yeah, family functions, yeah, birth-
1: so, yeah, and the birthdays, and we're to the point where it's you know we do a family thing and then a friend thing, so it just kind of yeah, so we feel like we we hit the ground. Not even running. I would say sprinting like you put the treadmill at 15 miles per hour and we're holding on for dear life. Like
0: if the Christmas shopping's not done by like mid-November or just screwed.
1: Yeah, which it's done, guys. It's <laughs> done. But anyway, so that is our advice is, I mean, unless you're trying. So our second her due date was actually Christmas Day. And it was one that we were like, we already had a December birthday and we were like, ooh, We didn't plan on this one. So she came on the 16th, so it gives a little bit, but it is definitely one birthday. And then you're like, okay, we got to focus on the next. But we got to get
0: to the nutcracker.
1: We got to get, yeah. Oh, okay. And then it's Christmas. (laughs) So that is us right now in the month of December.
0: So I'm going to give out some unsolicited advice being that you guys, you just did. two in one podcast. two in one, yeah. (laughs) But with so much going on, I mean, we had our daughter's dance recital yesterday, which was absolutely beautiful. I mean, our other daughter had a school dance. We had a birthday party. There was so much going on. Even though it's absolutely crazy, take the moment, even though you're just holding on for dear life and try and appreciate all of it because it goes by fast.
1: It goes by so fast. It was, um, I was even telling Quinn, yesterday we went to our daughter's dance recital and I remember her being the little one, like the tiny little one at the recital where they're all going in different directions. And now she is one of the older girls there. So it's kind of bittersweet, but yes, take those moments, just drink it all in.
0: So, cause,
1: uh, cause what Quinn, it always goes down. It smooth. always
0: goes down <laughs> smooth. <laughs> so, uh, it's been, once again, I know we talk about this all the time, but super fun running into people that have listened to the podcast. And uh, we had some great experiences this week as well, but it also adds a certain level of uh, accountability.
1: For sure. So tell them the story, your accountability just from oh, the yeah. podcast.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting in the sauna after my workout and uh, one of my buddies who had listened to it goes, you still getting up at 4.30? And I was like, of course. Right. And I've had other people say, still doing your burpees on your arm day, your upper body. Yeah. At the end of every workout. I'm like, yeah.
1: (laughs) And, And then he came home and he was like, now I have to, because it's like, you know, so I want to start with a story just because this has been... Spin um,
0: me a yarn, young spin lady. You spin me a um, yarn.
1: Starting this podcast is one, Quinn and I love to talk. So that was one of our big things was we like to talk. We are very open and honest. Um, And one of the things that has been shocking to me in this process, we are episode eight, is I had an aha moment. And I'm going to be completely honest. It was one where I was like, I am not taking... My own advice, and so part of that was um, this last year has been really just challenging. And I think anyone that has teenagers and moving into different uh, step, you know, stages in your life.
0: I think if uh, if somebody out there has invented the matrix that they can plug teenagers into, yeah, seriously. And pull them out.
1: <laughs> yeah, we sidebar is. I remember before we had teenagers, we they, there was that thing going around where kids would eat tie pots like the tide like detergent and Quinn and I were like who would even
0: yeah it's it's the dumbest thing it's like eating a cat turd but one that's at least at least that's organic bro
1: organic (laughs) yeah and so then all of a sudden it was like a switch goes off and then we have these teenagers in our house and we're like oh
0: Oh, that, that, that's totally, that totally makes sense why someone would eat a Tide Pod.
1: Yeah. So it's a code word in our house when it's just kind of one of those, like, are you kidding? Is where we will say you're full Tide Podding.
0: Or we'll call it, your Tide Pod generation.
1: Your Tide Pod generation. But anyway, we digress. So <laughs> part of it is, you know, just this This last year for me is ste- stepping into a new stage and being a full-time working mom. And it is one that I have talked over and over, like pretty much where Quinn is like, oh my gosh, friends, everyone of this this balance in trying to figure out being a mom and how I was going to handle it. And it was just kind of my go-to conversation, like to the point.
0: Yeah. And it was definitely on repeat.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I love my job. I love my kids, but I just, I felt so torn and I feel like this is a pretty, you know, common thing for a, a lot of moms out there that work full time. And so, if this is the first time tuning in, if it's not, you know you're like stop talking about your hip surgery, but I <laughs> I I'm on um almost 6 weeks out and so I've had to step away because being that I work in the fitness industry, it has definitely put me out. And so that time, not always do we get to have the pause button, but for me it was the pause. And it was a moment that there's just a week that happened. There was nothing catastrophic, but I had this aha moment of, oh my gosh, we talk about in this podcast about being intentional and in making these decisions and figuring out how to get rid of distractions. We have a whole episode about that and I, it just came to me and I was like, okay, instead of talking about it, I know in my heart what I need to do.
0: And in fact, Megan sat down, you know how we talk about in marriage insurance, having couch time. Megan just looked at me and said, I need to, I need to practice what I preach. I need to take my own advice.
1: Yeah. And so um, it was just one that I kind of changed um, my role in my job when I return. And I'm very excited. It was very scary to do, um, but it was one that... It was just having that moment of just clarity of like, hey, I need to stop talking about, hey, how can I be a better mom or better involved? Was well,
0: and you said over and 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 over. Did I mention over? Yeah, over, it, and, over? and over. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned maybe, wait, maybe over and over. Yeah, and again, then, yeah. and then over and over. Yeah. But,
1: like when Quinn was like almost asleep it was, it was and me being like, am I a good mom?
0: <laughs> well, it was like, almost on repeat saying, you know what? I think this is too much. I need to step down from this role. I want to keep doing, you know, a portion of what I'm doing, but but I need to step down to this role. And the reason why we're bringing this up as opposed to just pulling back the curtain on our lives is Megan was being a 100% unapologetic ask hole.
1: Yeah. And I, this is why I'm coming forward and saying, I am a recovering asshole. So Megan, <laughs> like it was meaning that like, I, I just kept talking. So the definition,
0: so let's the, talk about that. Or is, that sounds like the beginning of a Fergie. Song. Okay, definition so of the-
1: if you haven't heard of the ask hole, I mean, it's, it's a really good, you know, spin on words, but it is a person who constantly asks for your advice yet always does the complete opposite of what they're told to do. So there was time and time again that it was, you know, Quinn wasn't giving me the answer of this conversation, but it just kept being, babe, you need to figure out and prioritize Well,
0: you will know. No, well, to my defense, I was telling you what you needed to do. You just didn't want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. And I think to add to the definition of an ask it's someone who wants free consulting or advice, yet will argue every point with you.
1: Yeah. And it was every time anything came up, I, I was almost trying to find a different, oh well well, you're arguing against me. And Quinn's like, I'm not I'm not trying to argue. You're asking my unsolicited advice. And I
0: and I'm giving you a solution. Yeah. And so, so really being an asshole is asking a question and not wanting to hear the answer. And we actually have one of those that lives in our house.
1: We love, we love, guys. love,
0: love, Lo- love.
1: Yeah. This asshole. I
0: would say nosotros amamos. Yeah. Este asshole. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So who is this? Tell us. Chris. Because I <laughs> feel like Quinn gets the brunt of this more than anyone in the house.
0: Our son.
1: <laughs> if you have kids, you know, they all go through this stage. Our son some will, more than others.
0: Our son will ask the same question over and over and over. And it'll be something that it is almost a scientific law that you know the answer to. And he will say, nope, it's not that way. And then you're like, uh, yeah, it is. And he'll be like, nope.
1: He does it all the time. So one time in the car, he was sitting, th- this was my turn of him doing this, is um, sitting there with my one of my daughters in the car and saying, mom, what color is the sky? And I was like, blue. And he's like, nope, mom what color's the sky blue no it's not and this cat getting going back and forth where my daughter got so frustrated i had to pull the car over because they got in a fist fight because he was being such an asshole that she was like <laughs> you gotta stop asking you know and so we love him dearly but like literally it is one of those that he will ask the question then argue against and you're like I didn't even care what color the sky yeah. is. You're the one. <laughs> <laughs> to
0: Pick know. a different hill to die yeah, on. Yeah, seriously. Well, so all of us, myself included. Yeah. Yeah, and Megan just told her story. All of us have been assholes at one time or another in our lives. I remember I wanted to change jobs. I was miserable in my job, and my wife just kept telling me, "You just need to quit. You need to quit. I'm I'm making great money. You need to quit." And I was like, "Yeah, but," yeah, and I, but. I think
1: I think it was finally, came, "Yeah, but." Yeah, it came to a head one day because it was just complain, complain, complain. I'm miserable, and this is before we had kids. He wanted to jump industries, you know, and um, I finally just looked at him. I said, "I'm working full time." You can walk in and quit your job. I can play the mortgage. But I said, if you make this decision right now to stay at that job, I do not want to hear one more word about you complaining because this is self-induced at this point.
0: Yeah, and I really feel one of the biggest things with being an asshole first and foremost is a crutch. Yeah. You want that crutch to hobble on. You want something to complain about and you don't want to fix it. But we're going to get into more or less the steps of being an asshole and then we're going to talk about how to fix this.
1: Yeah, so we're going to talk. So first is why are you asking?
0: I know why we're asking.
1: Why are we asking?
0: Validation.
1: Validation.
0: It's like if for example, if you say it's just too cold to go running outside, you're going to find somebody who's going to say, yeah, it really is. You want to I feel be- like
1: that's a personal attack. <laughs>
0: Because I do that
1: all the time. It's like <laughs> it's too cold to go out running, right? And he'll be like, "No, it's nice out. It's too cold, right?" <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So validation. Every asshole thrives.
0: Thrives gets off on.
1: Yeah, upon validation, it's not like they they really want your advice. It's more like uh, I want you to agree with me,
0: or they want to argue with you to feel superior.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And I, and I would really say being an asshole to you is their first step, is like their first step in reaffirming their thought process. So let's say they already have come up with an excuse in their mind as to, let's go back to your job. If you're saying, well, I can't quit this job because of this, and you already have that in your mind, you're asking me what the solution is. And I'm saying you need to step down from that role that you're in. And you're going to argue with me all day about you already have a whole reason why you're gonna argue that point with me.
1: And almost to the point where being an asshole, because I said recovering, mm-hmm. I mean, you're never fully recovered, but you almost get mad at the person. Like, you're like, well, why would you say I should do that?
0: Yeah but I'm
1: the one asking.
0: Well, and the the whole thought process of being an asshole is you want to have that first off, that first step is to reaffirm your thought process, reaffirm your decision. So you can feel sure than ever that you're determined to not do that thing that you know you need to do.
1: Yeah. And so there is one thing that I've learned in life. I mean, probably a few more. (laughs) That was probably a
0: really bold <laughs> That's a statement. Very bold one statement. Thing,
1: this is it. No. So, the one thing that I have learned in life is that nothing is guaranteed. Okay. So, nothing is guaranteed. So, ask holes are always looking for the sure thing. So, you look at everything that is, you know, been a problem in your life or a decision, and it's never gone 100% the way that you thought it was, nothing is guaranteed. So you go in and asking the same question of like 80 people or repeating that same question, it's not going to guarantee the results. You're never... There's always got to be that part like in Indiana Jones where he has to take that first... you know what I'm talking about?
0: The leap of faith. The the leap of faith.
1: Yeah. Yeah, where you have to go out there and say, okay, I know this is where I need to go, but you... Have to be the one to take that step because it's never 100% guaranteed.
0: Well, and I think that's just it. I think that leap of faith is what the fear is. So you'd rather be told you can't do it. Yeah. So, for example, I remember uh, when we were living in Vegas, things got a little crazy with work. I was traveling all the time and I was getting a little soft. I'm not going to lie. You know, I was. was I'm trying
1: not to agree, but okay, I'm not. He was. was He was
0: starting to get a little bit of a dad bod. Yeah, going on, and I remember just talking to Megan, going, "I'd love to work out more, but I just don't know how I'm going to do it." And I needed her to agree with me and say, "Yeah, I don't." When are you going to do it? And Megan was like, "There's always the AM. You can always get up before work." I didn't want to hear that. And when she said it, it really pissed me off.
1: Uh, yeah. Like I remember you getting mad, almost like,
0: well, then how am I supposed to be present when I get home from work?
1: Yeah. It, it was just this kind of repeated cycle. And then one day Quinn made that decision and has never gone back like on that
0: decision. But it was the kind of thing I, I wanted to throw out to you. I wanted validation. You know, I wanted you to come to me and say, oh, you're right. You you can't do that because. And I mean, we've talked about how you've, you've said in the past that people use their kids as an excuse. Say, I can't do this because. and But have a conversation all day long about how they're unsatisfied with how they look and feel.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And I know there's been times in your life where I've made fun of you about this, or I feel like... Oh. I feel, like, I feel like you've totally what, what bullied.
1: Are we t- <laughs> it's not the first time I've been called a bully. I don't, I'm make, just I don't make
0: fun of anybody. But uh, it, it's one of those things that I, I was telling Megan over and over. I was saying, you're looking for validation. You're totally bullying people. And what it was about, and I think I can talk about this because this was a very personal attack on me, was the marathon. So Megan loved running marathons. Mhm. I not so much. He hated every single well, one. Well, uh, let me go back and maybe <laughs> maybe it was the first one. So I want to talk about how my first <laughs> marathon started. So we did a marathon up in Logan. what was it called? The top uh, of top, top of Utah. Top of Utah. So we did in Logan, Utah, top of Utah. I, I
1: worked on you for like a year and got you to sign yeah. up. Yeah.
0: So I signed up and I had you know, I was I, I had yogged. You know, I, I had yogged all the, through, soft with, yeah, okay. with the soft j? Yeah, I with a soft j. I had yogged all through high school. I was a runner. But, you know, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm I'm into a marathon. And Megan's like, yeah, you should do it. You should do it. It'd be awesome. I've done it. It's awesome. I'm like, okay. So I sign up. So I buy these super cool shorts that have these.
1: Well, and you need to back up. So this is back, oh, early 2000. Like, probably 2000. Like, the year 2000. Yeah,
0: this is like 20 years ago. Yeah.
1: And so they didn't have cute little tables with, like, all your goos or, like, all your nutrition you had to like carry it all they had was water or gatorade that's yeah. it
0: so i bought these shorts and i remember they were stupid expensive and we were dirt poor and they had these little pockets in the back for my goose so this was <laughs> this is the first one so we're running we get like we seriously are
1: it was like the first mile it, where no was it we standing? weren't even
0: the first mile we're like 20 feet out out of the gate and megan saw kind of a little pocket to take off on she goes, good luck with the race, slaps me on the butt.
1: I think I said, go get them, Brown.
0: And when she slaps me on the butt, all of my nutrition, and for those of you that have done races and stuff, nutrition is kind of a big deal. All- and you had
1: it mapped out. You are like, at mile five, yeah. I'm taking this. And in mile so, 10, like you had it so mapped out.
0: So all of that goes flying out of my pocket.
1: But it's a stampede of people.
0: Stampede of people. So you can't stop. So as I'm, so, <laughs> so I'm just pissed the whole race.
1: You ran 26 miles being on nothing,
0: angry on nothing. I was fueled with nothing but anger and hate.
1: Yeah. Like literally you came in and I was like, you did so good. And you're like, I can't even talk
0: to you. So, and as I remember, there was a, there was a, there was a lady of great stature wearing a full purple spandex Ooh. outfit. And I remember she had two water bottles and they were sloshing around like crazy. And her and I were battling it out there mm-hmm. at the end, going back and forth. And I remember just thinking, if I freaking had those goos, I'd have like this extra burst of energy. <laughs> and I wouldn't be stuck behind the sloshing water and all this uh, good stuff. So anyway, we finished the race. Okay. And I'm, I'm a little ticked off about the whole thing. And I, I got over it. I think
1: a lot. I got,
0: I got over that. And so we decided that night that we were going to go to the Utah State football game. Oh, yeah. And so um, the other thing, too, is uh, I had not done a full marathon before, so I had not found the pleasure of using proper lubrication.
1: Yeah, petroleum jelly. Petroleum
0: jelly when when running in the creases and crevasses of your life. And so my butt cheeks were so chafed. I think I had a wound like the size of a softball between...
1: Yeah, it it was.
0: Between the hamburger bun. Yeah. And so I'm... (laughs) I'm going up the stairs. We're at the stadium. I get some nachos or I don't know, maybe a hot dog or a bratwurst. And so we're going up the stairs and Megan decides that that's an opportune time to toothpick me. And if you don't know what the toothpick is, it's like if you put your hands together almost in a angelic praying position and wedge them into one's butt crack.
1: I mean, it was like, she <laughs> used the opportunity. You were walking up the stairs. How was I supposed to know that you had like softball size
0: scabs in your butt. I go down nachos and all, splayed out onto the concrete, wailing in pain, realizing that my wound just was reopened in my hamburger bun. And uh, yeah, it was was suffering. So anyway, Megan, (laughs) I digress. So I should have known never to do one, but I did like seven more with her. Yeah,
1: I bullied because, the reason why we bring this up is, I felt that if I was going to do it, I needed the validation of someone else doing it with me. I was like, oh, if I do this, like I have to have this, this is going to validate it. And then finally Quinn was like, I'm done. And I enjoyed doing them with them, but it was like so much coaxing and trying to get, it was when I finally decided like, hey, this is me. Like, this is what I want to do. But it used to be not only Quinn; it would be everyone I yeah, knew. And I,
0: and I kept telling like we would be
1: at a party and I'd be like, "You want to do a marathon with me?" Quinn's like, "Leave them alone." <laughs>
0: I was like, "Stop bullying people into doing freaking races." Yeah, and I think the other thing too on validation is so we have validation where you're trying to you're trying to be an asshole and get people to do it with you so you don't feel insecure. But I also think there's validation where. If you're failing at something in life, you're going to automatically gravitate toward people that are failing because you want that validation and you want to be able to sit with those people and validate how bad things are.
1: So, yeah, with that being said, it, it moves on to the next point. Okay. Step two. Step two. Cha-ching. Oh, I thought you were going <laughs> to, no, because I, yeah. it's like put it in the box. Like, you know, like. No,
0: step one is cut a hole in the box.
1: Okay. Put Step two, put it in the box? Put it in the okay, box. Okay, yeah. yeah. It is Christmas time, so was, we are wrapping yeah, stuff up. Yeah, I was going to say, if you don't remember that whole thing, yeah, just, then just, just you are YouTube not RH.
0: On, on Saturday night. You
1: online. are not RH. So, no, uh, but step two. Yeah. Yeah, is, okay, so we talked about you're looking for validation. Okay, that is normal in any decision. Let's say like, you have a job and you want to switch jobs. You're going to go ask because you want that validation in your decision and that process of making it. Step two is looking at who are you asking? Like, where are you going for this advice? Are you going to someone that you're like, hey, this either person is someone that might not want me to succeed or is it someone that has no clue about what they're talking about, but you hold their opinion at this high level? Or
0: someone that you know is just gonna agree with you. Yes. Because I think that's probably, first and foremost, one of the biggest things. And I think there's no greater example of this than Facebook.
1: Wait, that never happens on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, really, it comes down to a echo chamber. And, you know, Joe Rogan actually talks about this quite a bit when he's talking about tribalism is... Just surrounding yourself with all people that feel the exact same way and people that won't call you out on your BS, right? Or people that won't disagree with you or being an asshole too, like we talked about is you're looking for validation. So if you're an asshole and you're going to people that you know are going to agree with you so you get that validation, you are an asshole, Yeah, you're not you're not getting the answer.
1: Yeah, you're looking for what you want and not necessarily what you need. And for example, if you work in sales, right, and you have a question, you're like, Oh, with my sales team, how am I going to help this sales team grow, right? You're not going to go ask your neighbor who's a graphic designer that sits alone in their room. And they work by themselves. Does that make sense? Like you might be like, hey, we can shoot the bowl and that, but I think a lot of times we go because you're like, hey, he might agree with what I say. If you go up and you're like, hey, Bob, this is what I'm thinking about doing with my sales team. Hey, like, that uh
0: that sounds really good, Megan. Yeah.
1: You know, so it is who are you asking? Um, and that and I think I think a huge thing is, you know, <laughs> Quinn makes fun of me. And this is I'm pointing out all my assholeness. Well, well,
0: wait, wait, before you get into that <laughs> Okay. I really wanna say so if you're a recovering asshole, look for people that are pros in the area that you want to remediate or you want to change. So if it's fitness, don't ask somebody who's overweight and out of shape how to get fit.
1: Yeah, or if it is someone that's overweight and they've started to lose weight.
0: Then ask them how. Say, hey,
1: what have you been doing? Like, you're doing awesome. Like, I want to do that. But if it's someone where you're like, they're not moving the needle. Or
0: no, they're not getting off the couch Yeah, or, or,
1: or Or there's nothing that they have. You're just looking for a validation of what you want to hear.
0: So whatever it is, whether it be your 401k, talk to a financial advisor, whether it be fitness, find somebody who's on their fitness journey whether it be parenting ask somebody that you look up to that's a that's that's a parent if it's relationship and dating ask somebody that's either in the game that's got divorced that's getting that got remarried was able to get back in the game like have have ask somebody who knows
1: yeah it is kind of like having teenagers if i went and asked a 20 year old that's never had kids that that might not be the best advice because it's one you know having being in that same situation and that But being able, like, look at who you're asking. If you're going to someone that is either an expert or that you feel knows a lot on this subject, you need to not be an asshole and you need to be ready for what is going to be given to you.
0: I believe the term is humble.
1: Yeah, so you can't go and ask them and then turn around and be like...
0: Well, I don't agree with that. That's stupid. Yeah.
1: And so what I was going to say is I'm pointing out my another thing being an asshole Quinn teases me about, and I feel like women, we do this all the time. So um, one is I am notorious. Like I'll go get ready. We're going out on date night and I'll get ready and I'll come out and be like, how do I look?
0: And I'll say, oh, I like it. And she'll say, well, what about this? And I'll say, oh, that that's great. I I really like how this accentuates that and this. Well, why do you feel that way? <laughs> because it's neat.
1: Yeah. And And, then, and and then I'll usually look at you and I'm like, and
0: then she'll, she'll be like, well, I hate it. I'm going to go change.
1: Yeah. Or he'll be like, I love your outfit. Like he'll just come out and be like, Oh, you look so good. But
0: I almost feel like this question is like the killing fields of Cambodia that are lined with (laughs) landmines. And it's like, it's like, Hey, if you walk across this unscathed, then you get the prize. But I just feel like it would be like, I remember one time Megan came out and she was like, she's like, Hey, do you like this? I go, Oh yeah, you look super cute. She's like, cute, huh? Like our daughters. That's not what I was going for. Yeah. And then I went in. So, or if I come out and say, Hey, that that's super saucy. She'll be like, um, well, I, that's not what I was looking for. So I'm going to go. Yeah. So, so I've been wor- Cambodian killing. Field yeah. I've been working
1: on this, but he will at times too. Now that I have a teenager, I will go, he'll be like, that looks great. You look good. I'll be like, I'm going to go ask her daughter. You know, and so like I said, is I I you know just sitting down getting ready for this episode was I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, I I do that, and I feel like women across the board is you ask your husband, and Quinn always laughs like there is nothing more in our marriage than stresses him out when I say, what should I do. With my hair. Oh, there's so. many. I have many. a there's, hair appointment.
0: There, this is like <laughs> this is as we would say in the fishing world. This would be a treble hook, where you know that even if you're trying to put line on it, you're going to get snagged. Yeah, yeah, and
1: so Quinn, I think that that is probably a huge asshole. Like, what do you think about this? And you give the answer, and I'll argue with you, and you're like, "Don't ask me. Go ask your friends."
0: Or I think I think right along that line is, where do you want to go to dinner when you already have what you have in mind? Yeah you know? So the other thing about who you're asking and going into the echo chambers, complaining about your situation with people that agree with you at all times is just a waste of time. Yeah. You're just, you're on repeat, you're on a loop. You just want to validate your current situation, right? It's just an absolute waste of time.
1: Yeah. Um, so Rachel Hollis, um, I'm a huge fan. If you, I mean, she's more on the chick level, but she brings a lot of great information. And one of the things she said was not everyone you a- you ask wants you to succeed. Not everyone does. They might have it where they're like, oh, if that person succeeds, then it's going to make me look bad. So you also need to look at that, that you love your friends, but maybe that's not the facet that they're not going to give you that honesty that you need. And um, they will use their opinion and influence sometimes to sabotage your success And I know that sounds really negative, but it is true. It is true. Um, And someone else's opinion of you is none of your business. So I'm going to repeat that. That is from one of my favorite lines from Rachel Hollis is someone else's opinion of you is none of your business. So what does that mean to you, Quinn?
0: That means that somebody else's opinion of you doesn't make or break your success. So... I believe it was in the first episode we said, don't let, like my buddy's dad's advice, don't let other people determine your future. And yeah. it goes right along with that because we've all had it in our lives where we've wanted to do something and people have tried to talk us out of it purely because they don't feel comfortable with what you're doing. And, or, and I think and I think we've all been, the, yeah, it's or not it's their not, thing. Or it's not
1: their thing and they can't understand why this is important to you.
0: And once again, um, just like... Megan mentioned at the very beginning of this podcast on it being almost a like the David Goggins accountability mirror, because it's it's out there for everybody to hear, right? Yeah. Um so ever since we've started, it's it's also opened up my eyes to how many people are trying different things. Yeah. And where maybe I would have been like, oh, that's a little crazy. Now I am full fledged supportive. Like that's awesome. And I think the reason why before I was almost uncomfortable with it is because it intimidated me because I wish I was doing something like that. And
1: I think doing something and then I think also having, like taking that leap of faith. Like I said, like Indiana Jones of saying, I want to do this, screw what other people think of me because it's none of my business and I'm going to go up there to that ledge and I'm going to take that step and hopefully it's going to be there and I'm going to be able to walk out on that ledge. And sometimes you're going to fall, but that is okay because that's where you learn. That's what's going to make you who you are.
0: Well, yeah. And I think going back to when we talked about tribalism or the echo chamber on who are you asking, not everyone in your tribe is the right person to ask for advice. And this goes back to what Megan said. And that doesn't
1: mean that they're not a good friend. It's just maybe you're going to have all different types of friends. And there are certain friends that I will go to for parent advice, but I might not go to them for finance advice.
0: And I, I have certain friends that will be a hundred percent honest with me and be like, dude, you're being a douchebag or whatever that will call me out on it. As Are opposed- you talking
1: about me? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. That, that, that are
0: That aren't opposed to lighting me up. Yeah. And, and that's awesome. So we talked about validation. Okay. First off, that's, first step of being an asshole. The second thing we talked about is who are you asking? Yes. Right. Meaning, are you just trying to validate your comment by asking your tribe or are you actually reaching out to an expert? But the last thing or not, I shouldn't say the last, but the next step I want to talk about is shizzing or getting off the pot. Right. Because honestly, I think the biggest. Is this
1: talking about how long you spend in the bathroom in the morning? Dude. (laughs) Cause I feel like I mean, if you go to our Facebook or not Facebook, our Instagram page, it has the the things that I could accomplish in the same amount of time my husband goes to the bathroom. And it's like as a woman, it's having a baby, running a marathon, and then a deep cleaning the house.
0: Just because I go into the bathroom with a mantra doesn't mean you judge me. (laughs) Carry on a shiz or get off the pot. So a shizzing or get off the pot. And I think this is an attribute that assholes lack. But we're talking about how to how to fix an ask asshole. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I think it, it really when it boils down to it, it's commitment.
0: Yeah. And and most people, when they're an asshole and they ask you the same question over and over and over and over and over, they fear the commitment that comes with the correct answer.
1: Yeah. And it's again, it goes back to nothing is guaranteed. So every decision you make, there's no guarantee. No guarantee. It's like you go buy a new car, you could read everything about it. You could buy like the one lemon in the fleet like do you know what i mean i
0: I am the guy that if i get a new iphone and open it up it doesn't work and they i take it to the apple store and the
1: thing is quinn doesn't even get mad they go in they're like this never happens and quinn's like i hear that actually it
0: does because it's happened to me three times
1: and it's one of those that i think (laughs) that it's just like yeah
0: (laughs) i'm so used to things like that happening to me but really you know as megan said you know as far as committing and this goes back to Essentially what Rachel Hollis was saying too is you are in charge of your life. So it's really easy as part of being an asshole when somebody says, Hey, if if you said, Hey, I want to get in the shape and you gave eight reasons why it's not possible. That's not taking control of your life. That's totally projecting that and saying, you're just piling excuses that are exterior influences that really aren't going to make or break you, you're just not willing to take control of your own life. So commit, So yeah. it's easier to ask the question and then argue the reasons as why it's not possible.
1: Yeah, and, and realizing no one else. So sometimes in your life for that commitment to happen is you, however you need to do it, press the pause button. Maybe it might be that you're like, okay, I'm going to take half a day off of work and I'm really going to just... To kind of reflect
0: and figure it out and
1: figure out those decisions. But you need to realize there is so many different factors in your life, but really when it boils down to it, is you, you yourself, and I. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, you are in charge of your life. No, no one else is. So um one of the ways of doing that is to start off make a quick decision based off of your core values. And I think a lot of times with your core values, it, it's like, for instance, going back, it's kind of like this common theme that they always say when when girls go wedding dress shopping, it's usually one of the first dresses that she tries on because that is what you gravitated to. And you're like, okay, this is the one, but then you try on 200 other dresses that's the way it was for me. It was my first dress. So follow what is in your gut because I feel that your gut, a lot of times that's like your, um, you know, that's going to point to the north and tell you, but that's following your core values. So follow whatever that quick gut feeling is. That's usually going to re- like lead you in the right direction.
0: Absolutely. You know, and, and with that being said, once you make that decision, be committed to it and go all in with it. So, for example, it was Black Friday. Oh, yeah. And we made a quick decision. Yeah. Based yeah, off I our, feel <laughs>
1: like this was the best decision we've... Well, I mean, we've had kids. So yeah. I mean, well, uh, we,
0: didn't, we didn't talk about it forever, right? Because we had our core values. Yeah. And we made a quick decision, and then we were committed and went all in with it. Yeah. And we booked a trip to Mexico. Yeah, yeah, because that's what we do. It was
1: one of those that came up with Quinn and we were looking at her calendar and usually we kind of go back and forth, but we were like, we're in. So also-
0: That we, was supposed to be funny. Yeah, but. it is funny, but I mean- <laughs> But it, we did book a trip. Yeah, we did.
1: <laughs> um, but be aware of what could go, um, go right and what could go wrong and calculate those risks. So it doesn't mean like, so you have your gut feeling and you're following that and then you're going to- commit, go all the way in, but do know the risks that are involved. That doesn't mean that you're going to walk away because there's risks, because you're never going to have growth if there's never risks in that.
0: Well, we just had Rich Bischoff on who plays guitar in my band. And one of the things we get all the time when our band goes out and plays is someone will, someone will come up and say, Hey, can you play this song? And usually
1: play some (laughs) core, play some (laughs) core.
0: I'm from Iowa, I I eat corn, sweet corn, DeKalb, yeah, Yeah, whatever. So anyway, uh, we'll get a request, and maybe not everybody in the band knows it, but if over 50% know it, then we're going to go with it. But the secret of being able to pull off a cover and not have the wheels come off is go all in. If you get tepid about it, like if you back off of it, if you're hesitant on your chord changes, if you don't really get behind the vocals on it, then you're going to look stupid and it's going to sound terrible, but you can fake it if you go all in with it. And if you put the confidence behind it, then everybody's out on the dance floor having a great time. And you know, you're, you're, you're doing your 18th Neil Diamond song in the set.
1: Hey, but I mean, Hey, he's the Jewish ne- Elvis. Yeah. Everybody
0: loves Neil yeah, Diamond. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
1: I was going to say one way too to calculate that is I, I mean, Quinn and I've done this multiple times in our life. We lived in California Um, and we moved to Utah and when we were moving to Utah, we had, I mean, it was such a good opportunity, but we made a pro and a con list. So that's kind of listing like the things that are good and the things that aren't. So in Utah, they have a gas station station. Called Maverick, and I think it's a yeah. They,
0: they're they're having them all throughout the West, but it is like for those of you back east, it's like Quick Trip or Come and Go or yeah, one of it's, those it's on all, steroids. It's always it's no Bucky's in Texas oh, for the folks down. But I mean, down, it
1: really, is anything no, Bucky's in Texas? Is, but, like we took our kids on a field trip <laughs> to Bucky's in Texas, and it was like. We are big proponents. Like, there's families that get in the car and they're like, "We're not stopping for six hours." And in a six-hour drive, our kids were like,
0: "Our, our kids, we can tear the hell out of a gas station."
1: Yeah, it also tears a hole in our our our, our wallet. But
0: and possibly your digestion. If you yeah, get the but breakfast burritos.
1: It was on our list because in California, the gas stations were like terrible. They were terrible, like to go in and get your Scooby snacks and stuff. So anyway outweigh the things that could go right and calculate your risk. So, you know, like, Hey, this is something that could happen, but I'm still all the way in.
0: Well, and don't overthink it. Yeah. Like, because
1: you could talk yourself out of anything.
0: thing. And I, and I think the next part of this is don't rely on your tribe to make your decisions. As I said, that like it, the
1: marathon. Yeah.
0: That like the marathon or like my buddy's dad, don't let other people determine your outcome. Like don't, don't do it. If it's something that you really want to do, don't be an asshole and talk to your same people and have them talk you out of it. You need to absolutely just do it. Don't rely on your tribe.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. And then what are you doing to better yourself? So this means, so you've made your decision. Okay. You're all in, you're not overthinking it, you know, your pros and cons and you're not relying on your tribe. You're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. So let's say, for instance, you you work in sales and I do. Yeah. And let's say, like Quinn, he jumped, so he jumped into a different facet where he was selling a different product. Okay. So bettering yourself is looking at it saying, okay, it's my first day. I'm I'm just gonna go in and pray that I'm gonna be able to understand everything and it's all gonna come together. And that is, um, bettering yourself is, oh, okay. I'm in sales. I'm going to be in charge of people. So I'm going to listen to some podcasts or I'm going to read some books. That's going to better. Or if I'm selling a different product, I'm going to spend time knowing ins and outs of that product because I decided I'm all in.
0: Well, I will say too, especially if a salesman has multiple product lines, they'll get comfortable selling the product lines they first learn and they won't sell their whole portfolio. And what ends up happening is they get passed up by somebody who can sell the whole package. And so it, but what, what holds them back is the fear and the commitment of actually learning what that other product is and how to bring it to market. And that, that goes for our own personal lives too. I mean, how many things have we stopped short on because we're not willing to commit to them? For sure. And I mean, Megan and I, for example, we had a really good conversation this week and committed, and committed to another facet of our marriage. You know, once again, taking our own advice. Was it something that we were afraid of maybe to bring up? Well, yeah, but you know what? We were able to get it done. And the same thing happens with work, with family, with personal goals, is you have to absolutely go after it and commit to it.
1: Yeah, so achieving big goals. Because usually I feel like when you're an ask, I mean, you can be an asshole about anything. We've joked about the hair, all of this, but a lot of times it's with goals in your life. Okay. So a few things is letting go of the excuses.
0: Can I touch on that for yeah, a second? Do it. Run with it. I'd almost like to call excuses, um, like crutches, of saying, Is that
1: a pointed thing? Cause I was on crutches for four weeks. Like <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have PTSD. You co- what, how
0: come you weren't at the gym, Megan? Yeah. <laughs> you had crutches. But no, I think there's things in our life that we almost we almost decorate our crutches and make them part of our outfit. Yeah. Put a little bling on them, right? Yeah. Because we want people to see us hobbling so we don't have to commit. Like it's easier to have that crutch in your life and say, well, I can be an asshole and I can, once again, I can complain all day long that I can't get to the gym or I can complain all day long that I can't read a new book because I don't have time, but I'm not willing to do the sacrifice, but I'll give you every crutch and I'll yeah. show you my crutch all day long and I'll show you I've painted it, bedazzled it, put puffy paint, <laughs> maybe, hung, maybe hung a dream catcher off of it, yeah, yeah. but I'll do everything I can to show you that. So I'm, So I'm absolved from having to commit to said goal.
1: And it's almost like being I think your excuses is like being a lawyer. Like you're giving your you know your speech of th- like oh I would like to do this but this is the reasons why. Like you're proving it to people and you're trying to ask those questions to add add to it like hey you're you're going to provide evidence of why I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So the second is adopt, adopt, (laughs) adapting good habits and behaviors. So we've touched on this in other podcasts. Um, but it has to be that change, right? And you can be, we've talked about it earlier in the podcast. You're the only one that can decide that change that you're going to make.
0: Yeah, and I, I would highly recommend anybody out there if you haven't read the book either, uh, either Atomic Habits or The Compound Effect. They're all basically the same thing on one percent growth and change in in acquiring those habits. And that's that's honestly what it has to what has to happen. You have to have the habits and behaviors. But I would say f- on the final portion of that is you absolutely have to acquire the necessary skills for sure. Like if you're going to step out. You know, you're, you've broken free of being an asshole and you're going to commit part of that commitment. If, if that means going back to school, that means taking an online course. For example, I wanted to get my hunter safety. I hadn't, I didn't have it. I had wanted to do it forever and I ended up doing it with a bunch of twelve year olds. But I, I was finally say,
1: stop judging out there, guys, stop but, judging. But I,
0: I finally committed and I did it, right? Yeah. And it felt fantastic. And I acquired, I got the certification, I got the skills that I needed in order to be able to do it.
1: And I think another thing to add, so Quinn talked about his changing going to the gym, right? Is when Quinn first started going, we go at different times. So Quinn would be like, he would ask questions. But there was a little bit of intimidation before you went there, there. There was like, you're like, uh, okay. Like, I don't know how to use this machine. And Quinn would spend the time like acquiring the skill and taking and forming that habit. And now he's like, oh, okay. Now, now I know what I'm doing, how to do it. And yeah, you're like
0: <laughs> to, to quote the Duchess, if you will, I am as Fergie would say, I am up in the gym. Yeah. yeah. Working on my fitness. Yeah. Yeah. I blow kisses.
1: <laughs> I do love Fergie. <laughs> yeah. We quote it all the time and our teenagers just roll their eyes. They're like, "Ugh, so bad. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Are you an asshole? Ask yourself that.
0: Well, I think everybody is at one point.
1: Yeah. So I think there's been, I mean, we have admitted probably too much as always, but there's things you are going to be that asshole just because it's the nature of the beast. And that's why we wanted to attack, like attack this subject.
0: Well, and I, and I think if, if you're going to your echo chamber, first off, you know, you're an asshole. Second off, if you're, if you're not willing to commit, you know, you're an asshole. And then I think also if you lead with questions like we agree that, or if you say, don't you think Megan? Like those are questions that are pointed that you don't want anybody to contradict your statement. Well, and
1: it's almost I think when you start it's saying, you know, like you're going to agree with me. I'm just
0: talking to talk. Yeah, and and really are you are you asking questions for advice sake or are you asking questions only to be validated? For like, sure. Like if you're asking like like I said I have a few good accountability buddies and and if they're asking me a question, I'm going to be straight up with them.
1: Are they your Thunder Buddies?
0: They are my Thunder Buddies, yeah. yeah. But I will, I will be straight up with them, and I'll tell them exactly how I feel. And, I, and I, I even feel like at work, for example, I'll do that all day long. If I'm doing a review, I'm like, hey, this isn't criticism. This is to help you make more money. I'm not tearing you down. I'm showing you how to do it.
1: and I think if you take it into a work setting, right, if you are in a situation where you review people, You should get to review time, and I think if the person sitting at you has no clue the feedback at review time, you have failed them. That is not on them. It's because you have not been honest. Well,
0: and I think that goes with your children or your spouse. If you come out of the corner and like you you all of a sudden bring something up to your spouse and you catch them, or boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever, and you catch them totally off guard or your kid – that's on you.
1: Well, and I think you can do it in marriage where you're like, you. Let, let's say everything kind of boiled to a head, right? And then you're like, Quinn, you did this like six months ago and da 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 you're quoting things that are all the way down, like you're backlogging. And, you know, that's where you got to look at your partner and be like, we need to be honest and have those conversations. It's uncomfortable, guys. But the more you do it, the better the easier it comes.
0: Yeah. And and I think, I think here's a good question. This is a good self-reflection question to ask if you're an asshole is, are you offended at the advice you receive or are you, are you open to a dialogue with questions that you cannot be offended by? If the person gives an honest response, you don't want to hear.
1: Yeah. Cause I think, okay. So for instance, um, one of the hot items right now, and we're not getting political in this,
0: are we talking about Nintendo Switches for Christmas? Because yes. that seems like a hot item.
1: Hot, <laughs> hot, hot. item. Anyway, um, hot. They're hot, actually hot. I feel like it's Air Jordans. But okay, so one one of the things like right, um, kind of going on right now, okay, is a lot of people. There's hot questions out there. Are you asking questions because you want to go in and argue your point? Like in that, are you, you know, for instance, okay, is if you go and you ask someone, okay, hot, hot political thing right now, are you vaccinated? And this is not for us to give our opinion because we honestly, on either side, don't care. We don't care. It's one of those. Yes, it is. It is going around, but The thing is, is I feel like right now we can't have honest conversations because I have been in that situation where people, they come kind of almost with a punch because they're ready
0: to argue. And it was almost like, obviously we're well past this, but it was, if somebody came and asked you if you were breastfeeding, it wasn't out of curiosity.
1: Yeah, it was like, well, I'm going to tell you you're a horrible mom if you don't. Or if you are breastfeeding, I I'm think gonna, you need breastfeed for two years.
0: Yeah, and it and it, it, it's one of those things that if you're coming into a conversation and not willing to hear another side, then there's no intellectual honesty. And if there's no intellectual honesty, then all you are is you're trapped within your echo chamber.
1: And are you asking questions so... Are, are you going about the question because you want to argue your point or are you asking a question because you want to have understanding of how the other person feels? And that is on both sides. When we bring up vaccinations, that is on both sides. I feel like we have it where it's just this arguing. You might walk away and not agree. That is Okay. We do not all need to agree. You might walk away and say, you know what? I don't agree with them, but I can understand where they are coming from. This is, it hasn't changed my opinion and that's okay. But I think we're, we're becoming these huge assholes in everything where it's almost like a weird thing in society where we can't have like a honest conversation because it's, I need to prove to you that I'm right. And we have stopped listening.
0: Well, and to go back to the concept of the echo chamber, if your echo chamber becomes so enclosed that it's, if, it be, if you just get shut in that echo chamber, then it becomes no longer feasible to have any slight variance outside of your tribe, outside of the people you interact with. And at that point you can no longer ask a question because everybody agrees with you. And at that point you're Jim Jones and you've joined a cult.
1: Yeah. And I think that there is zero growth. Yeah. There's zero growth because you are just getting reaffirmed everything that you believe. And I think again, you you might have a very intellectual conversation with with someone and you can still walk away disagreeing and be really good friends. I have friends that have complete and utter opposite opinions of me that we've sat down. But it's it's to the point now people want to prove their point where they have lost The point of humanity.
0: Well, and really, yeah. The personal touch of it. So so if, if, if it's a sports team, if it's work, if it's marriage, if it's friendship, and if it's just life in general, and if you're not willing to listen, okay, if you're not willing to listen and apply, then there's no growth. And if you think about it, that's probably, I mean, the term shout down is used so much now, and that's on both sides of the aisle, if you will. But I think the problem, if you really think about the de- definition of an asshole, they're going to ask you a question, and then they're going to spend the next 10 minutes of telling you the why not to that question, and they're not willing to listen. Where if you're soliciting advice, the biggest thing you can do is shut the hell up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> as I think that's probably the best thing that you can do is listen. Yeah, just listen. Because... A lot of times we've all known super assholes out there is you're like, "Dude, why are you arguing with me? I was just sitting over here doing my thing."
0: And you came and asked you me a question. You came and asked me
1: a question and now here we are and and I'm just trying to like tell you and now we're in an argument.
0: Well, and I know even like with marriage or anything, I mean I know there's been times in our marriage where I've said, "I'm entitled to an opinion." For sure. And you've said the same thing too, like you know, like we're both entitled to our opinion doesn't mean we have to agree. You should see us writing episodes out together.
1: Yeah, there's times <laughs> that we do, like it's, believe it or not, we, we've had some argument, but, and I think also too is like in our marriage is there's been times where, you know, um, you're arguing a point, um, let's say something that's going on in your marriage is we've had to stop and both of us have done this and said, listen, I'm trying to understand to, I'm trying to explain how I feel and my feelings are valid. And that doesn't mean that you would react the same way. And so the best thing that you can look is not everybody's going to react the same way as you would. So try to understand, remember we're all human that's out there. So sit back, listen, try to gain more imp- information, empathy, empathy, you know, whatever it is, but that is going to help you to have a better understanding and look at it, guys. We don't need to fight every subject that's out there. It's, it's more that we need to ha- have an understanding.
0: Well, I think uh, I think along with that understanding, a perfect example of this, of not understanding, right? I may or may not have failed the test me too. Once or twice.
1: I mean, I, I, I did tell you guys I mean, how I took music
0: 101 well, twice. and I might have enjoyed physical chemistry enough that I, I took it twice, you know, yeah. just, I mean, I just really enjoyed it. Not
1: because it. the word physical yeah, I, wasn't <laughs> like, you know, like,
0: physical, physical. Okay, Olivia Newton. <laughs> that's a story for another yeah, time. Yeah, that's another time, yeah. But uh, anyway, when I failed the test, the first thing I wanted to do was to find my tribe. Meaning yeah, for sure. The first thing I wanted to do was track down everybody else who failed that test. And the reason why is I wanted to cast blame on the teacher. Because if I could find enough people that agreed with me and my tribe, then I would all of a sudden be... It validates. It, I could be validated, which we talked about is the first step of being an asshole, right? So you how want,
1: how did you feel about the kid that was so like, yeah, oh, yeah. and then
0: And then there was always some... <laughs> <laughs> Some ass clown that would go in there and and get a ninety-nine percent when like fifty percent of the class bombed it or whatever. But the reason why is I I wanted that validation of my opinion and I wanted to blame it on somebody else. And what Megan has been talking about is we need to be open enough and not be assholes that we're not stuck in our own echo chamber and our own cult. And we can hear somebody else's opinion or we can, or, or we can be honest enough to say, I failed that test because I didn't study. Not I had nothing to do with the teacher or. We, and I, we think,
1: to, I think that's in the work world too, or, is I think you have it where, you know, you're going to go get all your coworkers and be like, the boss is so bad because you are sucking at your job. Yeah. You are not putting in the time or the effort. You're not committed, but it's easier to go be an asshole and, you know be like go around kind of same yeah, thing yeah you're
0: you're you're getting validated and then you're going to people that you know agree with you you're stuck in your echo chamber in your tribe and then the circle repeats itself and there's zero growth you just start to fail so the big thing that we're trying to get across cuz all of us fall into this at one time or another whether it be your work relationship with your kids is don't be an asshole.
1: Yeah. So to recap what we we've gone over today. Okay. First thing I identify if you are being an asshole and what are you an asshole about? Because everybody at some point is, and sometimes you need to press the pause button. Like I told you at the beginning is sometimes we're so busy that you just get in this perpetual cycle of being an asshole Find a way to press the pause, refocus, and figure out how you cannot be an asshole. If that's finding the right person to talk to, then find that person.
0: Yeah. And I would say, who are you asking? Right? Who are you asking the question? And by that, be intentional. In an echo chamber, you get the questions you want, but by asking those questions, who we talked about might be an expert in the subject or know something about it, they may not tell you what you want to hear, but they may tell you what you need to succeed.
1: And, and I think to go along with that is don't be offended. Because remember, constructive criticism, a lot of times that leads to growth. Yeah, I mean, in it it, because if you are with, like Quinn said, if you are with your tribe with all the same opinions, all of that, and you just keep going to them in this perpetual cycle, is you're never going to try to take that leap to have that growth in your life at all. Well, and I would say you're just going to keep being an asshole.
0: Yeah, and along with constructive criticism, think about it this way: is for those of you guys that have kids out there. Or those of you guys, maybe maybe you don't have kids, but your parents had you in sports or music lessons. There is a gazillion billion dollars spent every year on people coaching their children on how to be better at what they're doing, whether it's playing a musical instrument or whether it's a sport. And all a coach does is tell a kid what they're doing wrong and tell them how to adjust on how to do it right and people and, pay for that. Yeah,
1: and I was going to say as an adult it's <laughs> as an something adult, that we're like, yep, nope, we're yep. done with that.
0: You don't want to hear that, right? You're like, nope, I'm not going to hear that. I've, you know, I'm doing everything right, which which is an absolute joke. But just kind of in conclusion, um my final point that I want to make is listen. If you're asking a question, don't come at it with a rebuttal. Don't come at it with a yeah, but I had one friend that said, I don't see any yabbits running around here. (laughs) And and
1: guys, that is, it's harder than it sounds, but try to be intentional. Like Quinn said, is when you go in and ask a question, be intentional of saying, okay, I, like even in your head, be like, okay, I'm going to shut my mouth, let this person run their thing.
0: And if you're really serious about it, grab a notebook or open up your notes on your phone and take notes of what the person's saying. Like... Even if you don't agree with it, at least you're valuing their time because they're taking a moment to share with you. So, the goal of this whole thing, don't be an asshole.
1: Don't be an asshole, friends. Let's let's walk away from it and uh just say no. Step
0: away. Step away. Well, well, hey, we're going to get wrapped up here, guys, but we just wanted to thank everybody so much for tuning in, share if you get a chance, please review us on whatever platform you're listening to. And I want everybody to have an absolutely fantastic week.
1: Feliz Navidad.